Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the Watt. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Rotoral Football Show. I am Patrick Darty, joined, as always, by Mr. Denny Carter. We're here to talk the latest NFL news, including Lamar Jackson going public with this trade demand from the Baltimore Ravens. It's March 27th. He said he made it on March 2nd. Uh, Sean McDermott issuing what is becoming a now annual plea for Josh Allen to be less Josh Allen-y <laughs> and to not run as much and do the things that make him special yeah. Now the 49ers basically admitting that the Trey Lance era is over seems like kind of a big deal. They did it in kind of like a back, like under the radar way, but basically in so many words that they're moving on from Trey Lance. So some people might not agree with this interpretation. Um, I might be reading into it very strongly, but seemed like they were signaling the end of the Trey Lance era. They called Brock Purdy the starter and basically said yeah. Trey Lance is available for trade. Uh, some, some folks uh, affiliated with Roto World told you this three months ago. They did. And we're going to talk about something else we've talked about a lot. Russ, uh, Sean Payton, maybe not liking Russell Wilson. <laughs> um, <laughs> DJ Shark, shining, shining, signing with the Panthers. Denny, of course, since he's 50% of this podcast, has insisted on another Samaji Ryan segment, <laughs> even though we already did one. Yeah, during um, our pre-show call, yeah. uh, which could be a show in, in and of itself, I it think. Could. Uh, it's rather lengthy. Yeah, and... Uh, we we talked. I said, "Oh well, we got to talk about some P. Ryan." And Pat said, uh, "We've already done that. Said, <laughs> We've already done that, but we're going to do I it said, again." But he talked to the press. We need to update it. He talked to the press, and we, we need to get to an article Denny wrote last week up on the site. Uh, it's been doing numbers, by the way, Denny. Four oh, underrated running backs for 2023, including J.K. Dobbins, Mister yeah. Captain James Cook, and two others. We will save for the segment. Real quick, Denny, though. I, be remiss if I didn't ask you, uh, how's your bracket going? You love college basketball, right? Yes, listen, you you won't believe this. I entered one uh tournament, bracket tournament with my family and friends. I think I told the folks that last week. And folks, I am very pleased to tell you that I won the, the tournament. <laughs> you already won, I already won because obviously yeah. only the Joker would have any of these teams in the final four, okay. What uh, what do we have? Uh, Florida AT and T, Florida Florida Atlantic, known colloquially known as uh, FAU. FAU. We have Miami, UConn, and who else? Oh, San Diego State. San Diego State, which is which is a university apparently. uh, And uh, sorry, (laughs) 
folks they are listening. Have a, they're to the Aztecs have a rabid fan base, so. Uh, but I am a uh, I am an East Coast elitist. I intentionally don't know anything about the West Coast. Um, yeah, so I so I won because here's what I did, Pat. I don't know anything about college basketball. I don't pretend to be a thought leader. I lead thoughts in other sports. I save it for for golf, for football, whatever. I, I don't pretend with college basketball. But here's what I do know. I know the tendencies of the people uh, in my family and friend circles, right? So I just banked on them putting Maryland in the final four as one does maybe putting Virginia in there just because they know. Okay. They've heard of, uh, they've heard of UVA as it's known. That's right. Uh, uh, you know, my son, okay. I know this sounds funny, but my son's name is Xavier. So I figured that some people in this family and friends tournament would push Xavier way too far in this tournament. And so I had, <laughs> I picked, I basically just had all those teams out early and I won. It was. It's easy. It's that easy. You leverage. You leverage the biases of other people. You did without even two. Without even knowing it, you picked against two known chokers as well. UVA and Sean Miller, the head coach of Xavier. Oh yeah. Um, who couldn't coach his way out of a paper bag at Arizona and UVA, who has won a national championship and then every other year loses to a double digit seed in the first round. That's right. I did. I did see that stat. Can I? Uh, can I ask? Is the coaching particularly bad this year? Because the little bit that I've seen, uh, it's truly like the worst coaching possible. I know that you are on, you are on the stop with the quick two. Oh yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. you're on that bandwagon, right? Well, it's funny the the coaching is actually way better than it used to be. Really? <laughs> uh, yeah. There's a lot less gut. Then there's not nearly enough fouling when they should when they're up three with like four seconds left. And yeah, man, there's been. I th- I'm beginning to worry the analytics say you need to go for a quick two. So I, I've, I've never seen so many quick twos in my entire life when the situation clearly calls for bombing a three-pointer. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's been, it's been the year of the quick two. And yeah. None of I, every, every game I see you and other people tweeting, what, what's with the quick stop doing the quick two? Yeah, the quick two is a quicker way to die, basically. Right. Um, so, so the idea is, is you get the quick two, then you foul – you hope they miss one free throw, and then you either tie it or You win. don't have to take a three. You don't have um, to take the three. But the announcers because, yell. Sorry, that's how they yell it. Um, well, because because the thing about college basketball is no one can make a shot. No, no one can make a shot. Yeah, producer Adam says it's extending the game, which is kind of true. So yeah, you say you're down three with 13 seconds left. You don't have to – you can go for a quick two. And say you go for a quick two, but there's like six seconds left, and the other team just makes both of its free throws. And like you're in the same situation – only with seven fewer seconds. And, and yeah, and, and producer Adam says you, you are relying on someone uh, on the team in the lead to mess up. And that and that's I think that that's like basically trying not to lose rather than yeah. trying to win. It just strikes me as that way. I will say I don't know what the analytics say. If they do say you go for the quick two, then I concede. I concede to the analytics. No, the analytics have been fired. If that's what they say, <laughs> the analytics are coming under increasing duress. But. We're coming under increasing duress yes. for not starting the show under duress for the better part of a year now, the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson, who just can't seem to figure out how to like each other anymore. They do uh, not like each other. Yeah. They are what I believe you would call loggerheads. Lamar Jackson wants out. The Ravens are unwilling to pay Lamar Jackson. They seem to regard themselves as a victim like of the Deshaun Watson contract. Like, well, listen, you don't understand. The contract was bad, so we can't match it. Yep. Or Lamar's being like, well, obviously you have to match it. And because any or, or I'm not playing. Yeah, you because know, that's how it works. Yeah. And now Denny, yep, he requested a trade March 2nd. He's officially trying to force his way out of Baltimore. 
mean, it, this has been a crazy situation. We've talked about it so many times, and like, I just don't even know what there is to say anymore. Uh, he, I mean, I, I think I've seen it take a few times that he basically needs to go on the record that he will sit out regular season games yeah. unless they trade right. him, and that does seem to be the the final avenue for him. And he needs to be willing. He needs to be like really willing to be Le'Veon Bell, and he does need to be willing to set out regular season games. I mean, what do you think is going to happen? I think it's over for for Lamar and the Ravens. He'll he'll never play for them again. Um, he, he can't he can't come back to that environment. So the the, the team needs to operate as if he, that he will never again wear a Ravens uniform. Um, I'm say it, he'll never again wear the purple and black. Come on, no. say it. And uh, right, and he's going to have to get that that big uh, damn Ravens tattoo removed. He has a big Raven across his chest. There's people are working on that. Denny's interns are working on that. I, know, I mean, they know yeah. how to turn that into a horseshoe or a falcon bird pretty yeah, easily. Yeah. Well, and and uh, the GM for the Falcons said recently, "Are the Falcons interested in Lamar Jackson?" The answer is no, for a multiple multitude of reasons, <laughs> so, including. Good and bad things are the same, and we don't really want. And that's to when he named his fists. This one is Desmond Ritter, and this one is uh, Taylor Heineke. I guess, sir. Heineke. Uh, yeah, right. The GM said, uh, "Did you see the news? We got Heineke. Uh, we don't. <laughs> so, we don't need Lamar. We did see uh, it. Renewals are down. Please, Falcons fans, please renew your season tickets. Yeah, we promise right. Taylor Heineke will take a step forward for Taylor Heineke. Yes." Uh, I, I will say that that the the NFL, the, the the league, the owners have made a great decision here to make a stand, to take the stand against an upstanding citizen, a guy with an unblemished record, a, a, a guy, a former MVP, the most exciting player in all of football, I guess, arguably, maybe Mahomes, a, a young man and, with actual cultural cachet too. Yes, which is and you make the stand against him and not the other guy. You know, and not and not Watson like that. Like Watson was the guy to take a stand against, and you and they didn't do it. So now they're doing it against Lamar, and it's catastrophic. And it it's such a bad look. It's such a bad look. But yes, I do believe that his days in Baltimore are over. And I think that there's a pretty uh, not a pretty good chance. There's a there's a chance. I used the term non-zero the other day, and people got furious. What does that mean? What does that mean? I'm trying to say there's a small chance. Okay, so maybe I should just say that there's a small chance he doesn't play this year. I think it's more than a small chance he doesn't play this year at this point. I I would say it's like 33 to 40% chance he probably doesn't play because I mean, he's been making it clear for months one way or another that he's done with the Ravens. He's now officially confirmed it. They, like the Ravens, the NFL's, yeah, like official legal position seems to be two wrongs, make a right. Like since that bad contract happened, we can't, we just like, they're just like, we're going to make it, we're going to do our wrong and it's not pay him now for some reason. And they, seem to think this is like a tenable position. And I think that he seems basically like he's going to dig in and he's like ready for the fight. He's almost like relishing this more than playing right now. Like, uh, cause what's a better cause than the being the quarterback of the Ravens is the, a better cause is being right. Yeah. And he's right that they need well, to just pay him. And like, it's totally unjust. And I, I think there's a fairly high chance. He said, I would say, yeah, where you said non-zero coward, what does that even mean? Um, <laughs> I'm saying I'm going with a much more exact, fairly high, um, fairly right. high chance. I thought I thought my take was bold, but yeah, okay, let's go with that. Let's do it. It's just like what what would like like what would compel him to report at this point? Well, That's and what basically, what what you're saying, and I think that you're right in saying that it would take a, 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 a an owner, an NFL owner, going completely rogue. 
in order for Lamar to get what he wants here. I mean, there's there's just straight up. I mean, don't want to get sued for libel, but like collusive like activity activities going on here, where they uh, there's an understanding, maybe unspoken, that no one can break rank on this, and like we've got to rein in these fully guaranteed contracts, and none of these owners are going to be the guy that does like the next one. Well, it's, and they're yeah. just determined, and th- and they're not going to let it happen. Yeah, I mean, and and I know you know, I know what you're saying, and you you can't call it, you can't prove collusion, but we're not we're not the ones saying it. Like the the players' union is is, is saying this, okay, is is using the c word to describe what's happening. Don't say, and, it. Uh, Christina, and, you're already on thin ice. <laughs> Don't say it. It, it rhymes with illusion. <laughs> Um, anyways, I got you off track there, but yeah, yeah. I, I mean, this is classic. It's going to get worse before it gets better. Like this relationship, and I don't think there's going to be a come to Jesus moment where Steve Bashotti and Eric DaCosta have decided, all right, we're going to pay him. Um, and I don't think he's going to accept anything less than the Watts. I mean, maybe he will, because. But man, I, I do love the argument. People say, well, he needs a he needs an agent. When the when the reality is, if he had an agent. The agent would have roped him into a, a worse contract by this point, or the agent w- wouldn't have been able. It has to be a super agent. It has to be. It has to be an agent like so so well connected with NFL ownership that they could land the, uh, you know some sort of deal that would satisfy Lamar and satisfy the team. So unless he has that going for him, there's no way that he would have gotten what he wanted. So you're basically saying he should have gotten an agent, so he got a bad deal. I think basically what's going to happen, I believe July 15th is the deadline for if your franchise tag player to sign a long-term extension. And if he hasn't signed his tender by then and there's no long-term deal by then, I think he actually is going to sit out. Yeah. Maybe not the entire season. He might come back however many games you need to play to accrue a season toward your pension or whatever. But if there's no long-term deal and there's a zero indication there's going to be a long-term deal, that he's not going to sign his tag until like October or November, or he's just not going to sign it period. And he's going to sit out uh, for, if not the whole year, uh, a large chunk of it. And fantasy managers need to begin planning accordingly. You know, we, we could see a, a, a non Lamar Ravens offense with their new offensive coordinator and his history of, you know, so, sometimes establishing it, but a lot of times letting it rip. The Ravens could be, sneaky pass heavy you know lots of target volume for a guy like mark andrews i don't think it's necessarily bad for andrews that lamar is leaving is what I'm who, who is the oh was, i was wondering if it's todd monken man he is uh he likes to throw he does he does um, so so yeah i mean if you could ramp up the the pass volume in baltimore mark andrews could go nuts here and when they like to throw a lot denny one guy they'll be doing it to their new number one receiver Nelson Aguilar, oh, all right. There we go. Where my Aguilar heads at? That's uh, a that's a great Baltimore signing, man. You, you, here, here's you, you got to be over thirty, and you got to be pretty much washed up. And, and you've had you, to have at one point gone viral in your career for not catching. If if you have those two boxes checked off, you're in. You're in. You're a Ravens receiver through and through. He's in the right place. I'm I'm actually shocked that Jarvis Landry doesn't play for the Ravens yet. We're, I'll we're ask a waiting. very, very bleak question because Nelson Aguilar is not the number one receiver. It's Rashad Bateman, of course, but who sitting here today, who do you think scores more fantasy points in 2023? Rashad oh. Bateman, who's been hurt a lot through two NFL yeah. seasons or Nelson Aguilar, who is Nelson Aguilar. 
I mean, I, I I feel like I just have to say I have to say Bateman. I, I mean, assuming I think it's still Bateman. Yeah, I just because he's not the first guy who's been hurt a few times. Yeah. Early in career. Well, and also, I mean, if if I'm applying the same logic of the Todd Munkin pass heavy scheme with a new quarterback, um, then yeah, Bateman would would maybe even be a value. Yeah, he probably will be a value. He was anything but a value his first two years yeah. in the league. Yeah. Um, one of the uh, lower returns on investment in terms of like well, wait, look, wait, when you have a rushing quarterback, like like a guy who's in the top two, three, four rushing attempts every year among quarterbacks, that kind of offense really can't support two fantasy relevant pass catchers, right? So you you got to choose, I think, in the, in the situation. Which that 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 was the knock against Bateman for me all last summer was like. So you're telling me you're going to draft Andrews where he's going in the second round or whatever, and you're taking Bateman in the what the sixth, fifth, something like that. It was high. I and, don't remember. And it was very so, high. So what? So this Ravens offense is going to I don't know completely change from the way that it's that it's been. You you got to pick and choose. You got to say volume is limited, so I'm going to have to go with this guy or that guy. Just thank God Nelson Aguilar is not a running back because otherwise you would have been talking about drafting him this entire segment. Oh, for um, sure. I mean, yeah. And somehow, but this is the reason you don't draft running backs. Is so you don't have to draft the Nelson Dang. Aguilar's of the world. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Nelson Aguilar, highly unlikely to become a 2023 fantasy commodity, but Rashad Bateman really, really needs to stay healthy. Yeah. Denny, highly unlikely to become a 2023 fantasy commodity is Trey Lance because his team continues its public turning on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, they still seem to think he's a nice young man, so they're not turning on him. In that regard, but they just don't seem to be a big fan of the Trey Lance quarterbacking. Uh, 49ers GM John Lynch said Monday that Brock Purdy is basically going to be the week one starter if he's healthy. But luckily for Trey Lance, we don't know if he's going to be healthy. But like, also unluckily for Trey Lance, he basically left the door open to a trade where he did the classic like GM thing, like, like l- listen, we we answer every phone call, man. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, except for they never ever say that when it's someone they don't want to trade. Um, yeah. Basically admitting they were open for business on Trey Lance, which I mean, do you think the situation has deteriorated to the point for Trey Lance where even if Brock Purdy's not healthy, Trey Lance won't be starting and then it'll be Sam Darnold in week one? Or do you think that if Purdy's not ready, they'll give Lance one last ride? I I I, yeah, I, I think Shanahan would do anything to never have Trey Lance drop back again in the night. It does seem that way. It's um, why did they make this move? I just, uh he didn't he doesn't like Trey Lance the way he fits. I'm sure maybe he likes him personally, whatever. He seems to be a hard worker. He stays he stay, like lives in the team facility, uh, apparently, according to 49ers beat writers. So this is not this is not a knock on Trey Lance. I, in fact, I, I kind of hope he goes elsewhere so he gets a chance to shine. Like he, he gets a chance to show he, what he can do as a rusher, maybe he improves as a passer. And I know he only played what two games last year. I get that. But, buddy, those two games were awful, awful. I'm talking, like, off the charts bad as far as accuracy, as far as passing efficiency. He does have a family. I mean, it was it was (laughs) it was frightening, I think, from a fantasy standpoint. Not not if you drafted Lance, because you say, okay, it doesn't matter. This guy's going to rush for 100 yards and touchdown, whatever. I'll be fine. But if you drafted uh, Ayuk, Kittle, Debo, Anybody in that offense, you said, well, it's over. Like, I might as well not even look at my team anymore because this this offense is going to be horrendous, this passing offense. I don't think there's any way that Shanahan 
falls back on Lance, even if Purdy's not ready, which is a good possibility uh, considering the the extent to his of his injury. I'm not a Lance truther, but I do know a Lance truther would point out driving rainstorm in Chicago in week one. They were basically Come playing on. a tropical depression, and week two uh, broke his leg. Didn't he? Um, well, so I mean, I'm not you know counting that no, against him. No, no, just but like before uh, the broken leg, it wasn't good. That's the bigger problem is just not what he's done on the field because. Plenty of young quarterbacks have looked horrible in their first five or six career starts or whatever. It is just the total lack of commitment from the 49ers. Yeah, and right. They're already saying about Brock Purdy, which is what they would never, ever say about Trey Lance last year even. Like, they kind of committed to him, but, like, it was – as people remember, it was, like, as half-hearted as could possibly be. It was – everything was always kind of qualified and vague – and like they, you know, then they, they didn't trade Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, some people will say that's because Jimmy Garoppolo made himself impossible to trade by the way he timed his surgery. But <laughs> they've already gone in harder on Brock Purdy, I think, this offseason than they did on Trey Lance last offseason when they had to start Trey Lance. Oh, yeah. And it just seems like they've underthink that this was a massive, massive blunder. And Kyle Shanahan weeps himself to sleep every night wondering why he didn't draft Mac Jones. I, I, I will say that I, I would still want to draft Trey Lance in like best ball drafts while his fate is unknown because I think there's a pretty good shot according to what we heard today and 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 just generally what they what they talk what they say about Lance that he ends up starting elsewhere uh, um, ne- next year and you know he's a he's a highly mobile very good running quarterback that that means a lot obviously in fantasy I'm not telling you guys anything you don't know. Um, so I, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that he's like a dead letter for fantasy. In fact, things could be really good for him for fantasy coming up. I doubt next year though. He just seems like the classic now. He's just got to get in a good program because as we already knew coming into the NFL, he had played frighteningly little football where he barely played in college. Now in two years, he's barely even played in the NFL. And it seems like he basically needs to get Jordan loved where he needs to like go sit Mm-hmm. like a good scheme for three years and just like learn. And um, it's a really bad bleak situation for Trey Lance, despite the dual threat. Like he's just got, he's got big issues. And yeah. I, I don't I'm not counting. I wouldn't be drafting Trey Lance in best ball draft. No? I'll say that. No, I really no, wouldn't. Man. I don't think he's going to, I think he's going to start like three or four games in 2023. What if he lands in Tampa? He's starting 16 games in Tampa. No, I, I feel like that's a class where he'll like get hurt. Like it's a horrible offensive wow. line. Like he'll be asked to do way too much. He really needs to, I think, be a backup on a good team. If he ends up in Tampa, like a situation where there's like gonna be like expectations, he needs to be somewhere where there's like no expectation. I mean, there's no expectations for the Bucks in general in 2023, but like he's gonna be expected. He needs to be somewhere where he's not expected to lead the offense, I think, in 2023, because hmm. this is gonna be a Horrible, horrible situation. I'm trying to think of where that could be. I'm, I'm having trouble. He needs to like go be the backup for like Sean McVay or something. Um, yeah, he, I kind of had that thought too. He really needs to be on a Kyle Shanahan. Uh, st- oh, oh, wait, crap. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll edit that out. Don't worry. Yeah, we will edit that out um, because yikes, he was with the guy that he needed to be with, and it didn't work at all. Didn't, didn't work. But Brock Purdy is literally perfect for the Shanahan offense. So he we, is, except for it's going to fail hard, man. It's going to fail so, so. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, people forget Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard both looked good for, like, four games. <laughs> and, like, he's really good at making, like, seventh rounders cool for, like, a month. 
But there's a reason why he became obsessed with the idea of getting a franchise quarterback and did something so risky for Trey yeah. Lance. It's because he understood there are limits to that approach. But and have you have you considered the dog levels in Brock Purdy? I know that Geno Smith said it's not a real stat, but the number of turnover-worthy plays from Brock Purdy that were not turnovers it was, was mega yikes. Lot. It was – it was, you, you came away – I came away thinking, oh, the box score will reflect that uh, Brock Purdy – Turned the ball over eight times today, and it would be zero instead of the Always eight. zero. He kept getting away with it, and apparently has convinced Sean McVay. Yeah. Someone who has not convinced their head coach, Denny, about their special skills is Josh Allen. With Sean McDermott just point blank saying he needs to run less in 2023, yeah. and basically like trotting out all the old cliches about running quarterbacks that works well for a while, but it catches up to you. Uh, like the hits take a toll. It's just like not so a way to play if you're going to be a franchise player. And like he kind of said this last year, and then uh, he just kept doing it because they need him to keep doing it. Yeah. Like the only reason they went 13 and three was because he kept doing it. Like they had no offensive identity last year, which maybe you could argue was partly the fault that he just kept doing that. And like when the second anything goes wrong, he takes off and runs. But right. Uh, so, kind of like good luck with this one, basically. Yeah, here, here's the Sean McDermott quote for those who didn't see it. Quote, I don't think that's a healthy way to play quarterback in this league, and it's undefeated that things are going to happen when you play that style. Uh, we have to get that adjusted, and it's never going to complete to go completely away, but it has to get where it's workable. I mean, it's very vague and sort of weirdly worded. but I actually say it's pretty direct, even though – like. Uh, the the sentiment it couldn't be clearer like could not be clearer i mean first of all none of that's true no it's actually not sorry (laughs) sorry sean i know if you're listening that's uh everything you said is incorrect um (laughs) but uh yeah i mean for fantasy it matters a lot if i could just emphasize that with some numbers real quick yeah i mean Um, if they actually follow through on it this would be like kind of like a doomsday level event and oh yeah like, oh, this oh, can't oh. happen, basically. Z- horrific. Uh, so 2022, uh, Josh Allen was fifth in quarterback rushing attempts. Uh, his 11 rushes inside the five-yard line were second only to Jalen Hurts, who had 20, amazingly. Uh, Josh Allen scored four of his seven touched, uh, rushing, rushing touchdowns on those attempts inside the five. He had 85 expected fantasy points on the ground last year. That was fourth among all quarterbacks. That's a chunk of change when you're talking about his his fantasy output, right? So um, if they if the Bills follow through on this, uh, it, it would be a major problem for where Josh Allen is drafted. Now I will say I don't know if they can follow through on this. Be, it, you know, no. besides benching Josh Allen, that's the way you follow through with it. Yeah, I mean, they'd have to just totally reprogram Josh Allen. And again, they don't even want him. He, he knows it sounds good to say this. Like, this is what a responsible head coach would say. But like when it's third and six and like, well, we don't have a good play yet again. Uh, hopefully Josh just tucks it and runs on this. Yes. And then he does and gets 19 yards. That's their whole offense. Sean McDermott will say nothing. It, 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 the offense is Josh Allen making Superman plays to gain seven yards on third and six. And and then and then ripping one down the middle to, to Stefan Diggs. That's the offense. I tell you, it looked you could just see the absence of Brian Dable last year, where yeah. there was not like a second level to that plan. Whereas in like 2020, 2021, there was last year, especially towards the end of the season, 
the Bills became one of these teams. Like, I'm not really sure how the Bills are like supposed to be gaining yards right now because they don't have a running game. They don't have a second receiving threat. Like, they're all yeah, they're just constantly needing Josh Allen to be Superman. And thankfully, he was. Mm-hmm. But like, they're going to need a second level to this offense if they're trying to get this out of Josh Allen's system because yeah, they will be down so extraordinarily bad. A second um, receiver would be good. Really, really good. Gabe Davis was framed. Um, the it was the ankle injury. It was ankle. He completely he lost his ankle at some he, point. No, it was the ankle. He's going to come roaring back. You'll see. Actually, I kind of am on board. Yeah, he won't. No, he won't. No yeah. Would you rather have Gabe Davis or Nelson Aguilar in 2023? Oh, that's insulting to Gabe Davis. All right, good. <laughs> come on. Good. Right. I'll go Gabe Davis. I'll, I'll assume that that ankle really, really did him in. Did the Bills sign a receiver? I don't think they did. I'm looking real quick. Yeah. They could draft um, one. That'd be they cool. Could dra- they might They might need to. I mean, they didn't sign anybody unless you count Deontay Hardy. Deontay Hardy, which Ooh. I don't. Yeah, you don't. You don't. No. 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 He's a guy. He's like. He's like their new Isaiah McKenzie. No, 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 no. Wait a second. Wait. This guy. This guy was top ten in yards per route run two years ago. He. He's the new Isaiah McKenzie. He's like five. <laughs> he's literally five foot six. Like he's. <laughs> and. Uh, I didn't yeah. know you uh, were so discriminatory against short people. Uh, and that's usually your role. That, but, <laughs> that is, um, that is my begging teams to stop drafting short players. Oh, come on, man. Yeah. Well, we'll be right back after this. <laughs> new MLB season, new rules, new stars. So pair it with the Road World Baseball Draft Guide. Get all the player profiles, rankings, and projections you need to hit your draft out of the park. Go to NBCSportsEdge.com/draftguide. And use promo code PENNET25 to save 25% at checkout. That is promo code PENNANT25 to save 25% at checkout. And don't forget, download the Road World app to receive breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players on your roster. Get the latest injury updates, player news, and much more delivered right to your phone. It's available in your app store today. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Denny, uh, my home league baseball team's already in crisis. Oh, um, 
Yeah. Well, we had to draft a week early. I'm not going to blame anyone, but my brother-in-law had to go on a business trip. So we had to draft last week instead of this week. And in the intervening 10 days between the draft and the regular season, Reese Hoskins has already blown out his knee and Wander Franco's mysterious quad soreness from last year has resurfaced. Oh boy. Um, So I'm looking to make a trade if anyone's listening. Well, look, uh, that, that sounds like a great, a great start to what will be, uh, an excruciating grind of a season. I'm just, actually, I'm not looking to make a trade. I planned ahead. I've got Juan Miranda to plug into my first base spot. So, uh, yeah, all the haters who said we were done when Reese went down, you're wrong. Um, I have a question about the pitch clock. Uh, yes. Are they they're not they're not going to show the pitch clock on TV? I think there's a big debate over this because a lot of people find it annoying and like stressful. And I, and I think MLB doesn't like it because it's like not aesthetically pleasing. Okay. So I don't think they're going to show it on TV is the early consensus. Mm, but I also think they don't know. I, I wouldn't the, like it. I, I don't want to know. It's um, uh, it's a critical part of the game now. Yeah, like it's yeah. going to, it's going to determine the games. Just, you're a football guy. Just leave us alone. It, 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 get as many numbers on the screen as possible. That's Just my, leave us alone. We've, we're going through <laughs> enough as baseball fans. As I do is. feel bad for you guys. Everybody craps on baseball. Uh, yeah, come back, come back, man. The old Gunnar Henderson, uh, late, Adley Rushman, come, on, come back. Uh, if they shorten the game, if they shorten the season to like thirty games, I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. I thought you were saying they shorten the games. They already did that. No, no, shorten the games, shorten the season. I'm in. You're fired. No, we don't want you. <laughs> We don't want you. Um, no one wanted DJ Shark. Took him over yeah. a week, Denny, to find a new home in the first wave of free agency. Or speak another reason, like the C word's been thrown around a lot, is because no one's getting like multi year deals or anything. No one wanted DJ Shark for more than one year, uh, unless he signed him. <laughs> what, what was his deal? I don't even his, know. Uh, his deal I think was, it was one I can, year. <laughs> I can tell you, he well, he signed with one year, $8.5 million or something like that. It was um, uh, a one year, $5 million contract. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, should get more than that, but not on the Lions anymore. He's on the Carolina Panthers. They have Adam Thielen. They have Terrace Marshall. They have Shai Smith. They have LaVisca Chenault. What can we possibly say about DJ Shark of the Panthers? Which I guess is not a lot. We still don't know who the quarterback's going to be. I guess it's going to be CJ Stroud probably, but yeah. what can we say about DJ Shark who still has so much promise and potential, but now he, he's just like on the merry-go-round. He's been injured a lot. What is there to say about DJ Shark heading into his age 27 season? I mean, he is among the premier downfield uh, pass catchers in the league, according to pretty much every every measure. Uh, he's uh, pro football focus rates him among the top 10 as far as uh, their, their grade for his targets of over 20%, uh, 20 yards, sorry. Um, and uh, last year he caught um, – Eight of his fifteen downfield passes for two hundred fifty-two yards and two touchdowns. So, so pretty, pretty efficient there as the Lions' main downfield guy. And you have to remember he missed like a huge chunk of the season. He only played in eleven games and really only played like nine full games because of of, of injuries. So he he actually, I, I think he's shown promise in that role. Now, uh, beyond that role, I don't I don't think that he can he can be used as anything resembling like a wide receiver one, like a traditional guy who can be used all over the field. I think that's going to be his role, but the Panthers could have done a lot worse in trying to kind of cobble together. I think a a receiving core that can replace 
DJ Moore, and you know they could add in the draft as well. I, I, I don't. I'm not down. I'm not. They, should, they don't have a ton of draft ammo. I think Adam, our producer, pointed out last show they only have like four picks in the yeah. top 100 or something. I, like I, I'm not as down on the Panthers uh, pass catching group as as most folks. I guess I, I, I do think that Chark Chark is a sneaky signing. I kind of like it. Who's gonna have more PPR points, Adam Thielen or DJ Shark? I would, I would have to imagine Thielen just because he's he's <sighs> he's scammy. He's scammy. Come on, he did, he's gonna he's gonna just be peppered with six yard outs all season. So we get the PPR scam there, PPR and the touchdown scam because I just think he's he's now earned yeah. a reputation as the red zone guy. Sure, and sure. When a player can take on like the entire downfield pass catching role, that is valuable. It is it is a valuable role to have on on your own. So if Chark enters the season, we're still obviously a long way away according to my calendar. Uh, you know, but you can't argue with the analytics. No, we, we looked, we looked hard at the calendar before we started the show. And, and uh, if he enters the, the, the season as their only downfield guy, I, I think that that could be pretty interesting. It would be volatile, but interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of time to add, but yeah, I don't think it's me in the receiver. Adam points out here, are their picks number one, number 39, uh, number 93 via the 49ers, and then number 114. They only have two other picks beyond that. They've got a really, really small draft pick cash, and they yeah. have a lot, a lot of problems. I mean, receiver is one of their major problems. And, right. like, it's 39. That's, like, a lot of times – the beginning of day two, like the first seven or eight picks, a lot of times is, like, receiver zone. So there will probably be some, like, name prospect receivers available then. So they could do it. They probably do need to do it, man. They can't go in, uh, with, especially with a rookie quarterback. They can't go in with this this group they got here. It's uh, it's not it's not great. I will say, not even close to good enough. People are saying they're probably not done adding. We don't even know for sure it's me, CJ Stroud. Although the betting markets are coalescing in that direction. Yeah, but, I'd have to uh, think so. One direction Sean Payton is not coalescing. Denny is loving Russell Wilson. Um, Monday, he said Jarrett Stidham's going to be a big part of this football team or something yeah. to that effect. Uh, clearly, he's not. there's not quarterback competition or anything like that. But Russ, he's recovering from a knee scope. The guy aggressively signed Jarrett Stidham for like over $5 million a year. Now he's talking him up. Uh, I don't know. Why are we what, talking? What, what is it? What is it about this Stidham guy that coaches love so much? I mean – I, they, what what does he what does he do? Like he must look amazing in practice. I can tell you that because Josh McDaniels fell for him. It looks like Sean Payton's falling. He for does, him. He also just literally looks amazing. He's like six three two twenty. He's like the prototype quarterback. He, does, he, yeah. he certainly looks like a quarterback. If I were to see that guy on the street, I would say, "Hey, that guy." I don't know who that is, but he looks. He surely looks like a quarterback to me. That guy probably uh, played quarterback for Auburn, and you're just yeah. right every time you make that guess. Yeah, and he has, you know, I get it. He has the hair coming out of the helmet. It's, it looks, it looks solid. He has a solid look. He has a solid aesthetic. I think is what we're saying. I just don't, I just don't get, I just don't get how uh, beyond that one game where he went ballistic for for Vegas. Um, I just don't, I don't get what what he has. But yeah, I mean, I, I think the over under probably should be set at like week nine uh, oh, as to when Jared Stidham takes over for Russell. Come on, get out of here. I mean, I'm a hater, but that's just ridiculous. Uh, that's way too much Russ <laughs> hating right there. Wait Week a second. Nine? You're, you, so you think he's going to get benched? You actually I, think, do you think he's going to get benched? Or is this I, what you're saying? I think Sean, a guy like Sean Payton carries enough 
power into this role that he's going to bench Russell Wilson when things get bad. And and maybe, maybe Wilson will reclaim the job after a good week in practice or whatever, a good talking to, you know, things of that nature. And, and, uh, but, but I I think, I think Peyton, they were, they hired Peyton to say, get the, get this right. Like, like write the ship, please. Because we don't know what we're doing. We just well, hired right, the ship with the guy up. making like forty million a year, and not Jarrett Stidham's probably. I, I guess. I, no, but it, but okay. So Nathaniel Hackett never had the authority to even tell Russell Wilson what to do. Couldn't like, even tell him where to park. Yeah. Okay, yeah, couldn't couldn't didn't know where his office was. Didn't couldn't tell him what to he do. He got kicked field. out of his office by Russell Wilson. Barely an exaggeration. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, had had to like go through Russell Wilson's people in order to talk to his own quarterback. Like you know, that's not happening with uh, with Sean Payton. Sean Payton, I, I, I it seems like he he's not coming into this being the biggest Russ fan. Russell Wilson is going to have to prove himself, and I think that the way that they he talks about Stidham shows that there is a leash. There was no leash last year. There's a leash this year. Yeah, I do think he's mostly just trying to scare Russell Wilson. I, I don't think he has any actual intentions to bench him, but like he's certainly giving giving him an icy greeting. Um, as the new head coach, uh, really, 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 really icy. And yeah, I think he's establishing there's going to be no shenanigans this year. But I'm sure secretly hoping like, Russ, please be good. Yeah. Because I'm finished if you're not. And I've done enough fishing. I can't go back to working on Fox. Please, please. Wait, no, I, I, I don't. I think Peyton is in a good position to to show the team and to show Russell Wilson and, and ownership and everybody. I'm the captain now. Like I like we're doing things my way and you hired me to do so. And I'm a big enough name where I can do anything I want. I can bench your $40 million quarterback. It doesn't matter. You can't do anything about it. I think that he'll, he'll wield his power like that. There's some stuff going on. That is not up for debate where there are uh, some dynamics at play here. And Russ is hopefully getting the message because we have um, yeah. real quick. They also, they're not going to trade Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. Uh, who, who do we think? I mean, According Jerry Judy seems kind of tailor made for Sean Payton. Is I, he not? I, I'm 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 pretty excited about uh, Judy. I, I don't I don't think Sutton can get back to where he was two or three years ago. But I, and we've we've talked about Sutton uh, on the show. But uh, but Ju- Judy, man, I I hope I hope he stays. I I think that could be really really exciting for fantasy purposes and, and and real purposes if you're into that sort of thing. You know, they want a first rounder for Judy, and that is literally never going to happen. Like no team, I don't think I don't think a team would deal a second rounder for Jerry Judy. So no, even if they thought like secretly that he was still like a first round guy, you can't like trade a first round pick for a guy who's been hurt like that and has produced so unevenly. Okay. Like, yeah, that would not be happening. So I guess he's I guess he's stuck. I guess they're they stuck in that offense, which should be good for him. I wonder if he was just trying to say it's the classic. They're just announcing they're not going to trade them because you need to up your trade offers if you want them. Like yeah. It doesn't see. I, I didn't think it ever made any sense. Uh, so I, I don't think. Yeah, I signed Marquez Callaway. He loves former Saints more than life itself already, which was the easiest prediction in the face of a like. A, that, that 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 concerns me. That concerns me a little. Like, I mean, even the best coaches just cannot get I enough know, of their I, former I, players. It's it's true. I mean, to a lesser extent, he's doing kind of that thing that Matt Rule did in Carolina where Matt Rule just kept getting Baylor players. No, and Baylor and Temple, yeah. And Temple. Yeah. Like, 
And then like it, like both play, players and their agents were like, I don't understand what what's happening here. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I, I can't even get in the door unless I show that my guy went to Temple um, or Baylor. Anyway, yeah, that 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 to me that that doesn't that doesn't smell right. I feel it feels like a it feels like a cop out sometimes with personnel. No, it is. It's just instead of like evaluating guys, they just like want they don't want to do a new evaluation. Basically, <laughs> and it's literally every coach. It's insane. But it's true. Um, so yeah, uh, let's take it. Jerry, I, I promised the people you would talk about some IGP. Ryan. Yeah. What did, you want to, what did you want to say about this? So you know, look, this is important. P. Ryan said. That the that a big part of the reason he signed with Denver is because Sean Payton talked about using multiple backs and like wanting a split backfield. And I know that you know you may see that and roll your eyes and say, well, if Javante Williams is healthy, then it won't be split backfield. I tend to think that there's something to that, according to how Payton operated in in New Orleans. Okay, like I I, I don't I don't he doesn't have a history really any history of saying. This guy is my guy. I'm giving it to him 25 times. Uh, there's also this, and this just came across the old timeline while we were recording. Uh, Broncos general manager George Patton said of Javante Williams, uh, if he'll be ready for the start of the season, quote, we won't know that for a while. He adds he's making, quote, great strides in recovery. from J.K. His- Dobbins season basically is what he's saying. So I, I think – Really? I mean, if you're doing best ball, if you're a sicko doing best ball stuff right now, P Ryan is pretty, pretty, pretty appealing. And I think by, I think the, the hype train could get him to a ridiculous ADP come summer. That's what I was going to say. Where the, the fear with some IGP Ryan is that he won't be zero RB. Right. He's going to end up getting priced into like the dead zone. And sure. You want to get in on the PPR scam, but like the ADP just might be too ridiculous. Cause this be I mean the PPR thing is, is happening. I mean, this is the Pierre Thomas coach. Um, it's the yeah. guy who made Alvin Kamara on RB one, even though he he ran the ball like eleven or twelve times a game. Like yeah. the the PPR scam, it's coming, and we have to get ready. We have to prepare our families, prepare our homes. Um, <laughs> but like the, the ADP, it could just be like too high because yeah, the big problem with Samaji Ryan Denny is that he's not good. Yeah, that's oh. a big problem. Um, well, thankfully, it doesn't matter. It doesn't it actually doesn't matter at all. <laughs> so, yeah, but, I was I was gonna be I was gonna be mad, but no, you're probably right. It we doesn't really matter. really got to monitor uh, the ADP on some IDP. Right, he's, I'm sure he's a value right now. Well, I don't even know if he is. Maybe people are having like Javante Williams panic. I don't know what like the underdog data says right now. Yeah, it's I I, I only I there's some way to find out. There there is no way we're gonna have to call underdog. <laughs> yeah, I know we gotta we gotta call Josh or Hayden. Yeah, I'm gonna. Read. I'm going to get Josh Norris on the phone right now. Yeah, he's uh, got to fax us the data. I'm <laughs> fax machine. But, uh, uh, yeah, no, I, and I, I definitely could see me being like, come August, being like, I'm completely out on P. Right. Yeah, you'll be into whatever like the, the disgusting like third back is on the Broncos. And yeah. Do you guys know they re-signed Mike Boone? Uh, <laughs> Mike, Mike, Boone. Boone. <laughs> Mike Boone signed elsewhere. Hold on. No, I'm saying that's what I'm saying. They re- I'm saying like oh, in training oh. camp, like you know, they traded for Mike Boone like, yeah, after they trade for Mike Boone or whatever on like July 29th. <laughs> You'll be all in. Mike Boone or, never goes away. Or Tony Jones. They I was I was trying to think of a Saints running back that they could resign or they they could sign and they already oh, did. Yeah. Tony Jones, who 100. No percent No offense to the young man is really not good. It's uh, the analytics are not kind to Tony no, Jones. Very, very poor. 
on Tony Jones. I'm assuming with your article, Denny, four uh, underrated running backs setting in a 23. You're going to tell us who the under analytics say are underrated. And uh, yeah. first up, just take us through the, the conceit of the article really quick and then yeah. take us into your first back that we're going to talk about who is underrated heading into 2023. Yeah. So I, lo- I looked at some of the what the what we in the industry call peripheral stats, um, stuff that may paint a, a slightly different story than you see if you're looking at like, you know, yards per carry and things of that nature. Uh, so I looked at these running backs yards before contact per carry. Um, the yards after contact per carry. So, so basically the yards before contact, you're looking at guys who run, run to daylight, who can find the gap, who can um, hit the hole with some force. And, and, you know, I think that you'll see that with some of these guys I'm going to, I'm going to mention. And of course, yards after contact, these are, these are tough runners. Uh, and then uh, I looked at uh, break, breakaway rate, which is a measurement uh, created by pro football focus that points to a running backs, uh, ability to rip off long gains and deliver explosive plays. Uh, and then I looked a little bit at yards per route run to see um, how efficient they have been. As All as extremely good metrics that really do metrics. tell yeah. an interesting tale. Yeah, just something to grab to, to, to you know, sort of, sort of grab, see exactly how efficient they've been with limited opportunity. Because obviously like James Cook is atop the list here. And James Cook popped in a lot of these categories. He was second in yards before contact per carry, 19th, not as good, uh, yards uh, after contact uh, per carry, top 10 in yards per route run as a pass catcher. So th- this is uh, on, a, on a limited sample, only 89 rushing attempts. I get that. Um, it was rarely used as a pass catcher. But he did a, he did a lot with a, with a little. And we, talk, we talked about James Cook last week a lot, I think with Kyle and uh, – uh, with Damian Harris signing, obviously it, it it definitely changes the way you view James Cook, and, and I think his ADP at running back twenty seven or whatever it is probably too high. And I would think I would think I would hope that that will drop. But the the hope is here. It's not that you're drafting James Cook thinking he's just going to instantly be the main the lead back in Buffalo. It's that if he does get that role, he's proven to be pretty good, and and we can hopefully bank on that expanding into a larger workload james cook i I want james cook to not be over um it won't be right there's just no way um yeah damien harris is not uh we we, we already talked about that like i mean i i I feel weird because i i do see folks i respect and you know analysts i respect saying damien harris is the real deal and he's gonna it's pretty good succeed in this offense i don't know man it's just a kiss of death for james cook you never ever want to be the pass catching back as a rookie you just don't want to because no matter what then doesn't matter ah, i got a pass catcher um that's, that's how the coaches all talk and uh, no. no matter what you will not get a chance to be the early down back after that uh next guy i have is rashad penny and and i'm, I'm not going to get too far into the weeds on penny because if you played fantasy football over the past two seasons you know that penny has been hyper efficient as a rusher and as a pass catcher whenever he's healthy. And of course that's the catch is whenever he's healthy, but you don't really, you don't just have to go back to 2022 or 2021 to see that. Um, he, he was, he was super efficient in 2019. His entire career, both the boomer and the advanced stats, shockingly efficient. Look, I, I, I said this on the uh, fantasy football happy hour last week. And uh, I was expecting pushback or maybe shock or maybe a tomato to be thrown at me at some point. But I said that when he's healthy, Rashad Penny's the best rusher in the NFL. 
And I, I stand, I stand by that. I think that he is that, that kind of runner and uh, in this offense could be, could be incredible. And the best thing is if you're willing to go in on them, you're not going to have to pay a steep price as far as redraft goes, because people are freaked out by the injury history and rightfully so. Matthew Barry, apparently a scholar and a gentleman because I would have slapped you right across the face. <laughs> really, and really enjoyed your work on that. By the way, there are a lot of YouTube videos up. Uh, you're, you're stopping by the studio to talk with Matthew and, yeah. and Jay and Connor. So really good stuff. But yeah, I mean, he actually is one of the better pure runners <laughs> in, the, in the NFL. <laughs> but, uh, I, I'm, I, was, I, I know, I know. We say we're we're almost contract, contractually obligated to say Nick Chubb is the best pure rusher in the NFL. I'm taking that away. I'm taking that title away from Nick Chubb. I don't think he's got. I don't take Rashad Penny. Take that from him. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I, I'm. I'm sorry, Nick. I know Nick is a big fan of the show. I'll be honest. I was kind of zoned out. Did you talk about Dalvin Cook already, or not Dalvin? <laughs> no, no. Uh, sorry, uh, J.K. Dobbins, and I was zoned out because I got a message that I was on the clock and I really <laughs> needed to pick in this baseball. Draft. Come on. Uh, I'm sorry. Enough and, of baseball. I don't think you talked about J.K. Dobbins though. You I didn't. Know. Not yet. I haven't talked about J.K. Dobbins. Uh, so Dobbins, after some stops and starts and some difficulties last year, and if you drafted him, it was it was a tough, tough sled, tough, tough ride uh, for for J.K. Dobbins drafters. But he he eventually was really good. He ended 2022 at fifth among all backs in yards before contact per carry, and he was tied for 11th in yards after contact. His breakaway rate, folks, was seventh among all uh running backs from week 14 to 17 and if you if you were able to survive the lack of production over the first three months of the season for Dobbins when you got to 14 week 14 to 17 it it paid off 397 yards on 57 rushes that's 7.1 yards per carry no running back over that time had more rushes of over 10 yards than Dobbins so uh, I think that he he showed he showed enough way more than enough to say hey He's back. He is a really good runner and in a post Lamar offense could actually get more opportunity. And, and this was as you could almost visibly see him limping, even when he played. Yeah. Like he still didn't look healthy. He looked healthier as he got going down the stretch. Like you said, the one concern, I guess, of course, is that is what the Greg Roman offense does for running backs. And now Greg Roman is gone. And we're not expecting really like the wheel to be reinvented if Lamar remains the quarterback, which I, said earlier in the show wasn't going to happen i uh, might have gotten a little carried away um, but like yeah. that is a big yeah. part of what greg roman does is spring these gigantic holes for his running backs that'd yeah, be the only touch of gray for jk dobbins i would say that's right but, and then my last guy on this uh, piece which you can find on the site nbc sports people aren't ready for this one by the way they're not ready for the last no the one. people the people that are not and i'm gonna have to ask you to sit down it's uh jalen warren uh who is the rb2 for the Pittsburgh Steelers, I take no pleasure in saying, well, maybe a little pleasure in saying that uh, Warren was, by nearly every measure, uh, way better than Najee Harris in 2022. Um, his breakaway rate of 25% was significantly higher than the Najee Harris's rate of 13%. Um, he, I, you know, I, the good news for, for I guess, Jalen Warren going forward is that he forced the Steelers, and, and this is something because the Steelers are – stuck in their ways like they have their guy and they're gonna they're gonna go with their guy no matter what's happening on the field doesn't matter uh they forced the the Steelers to share the backfield a little bit down the stretch a little bit okay 
I'm not saying that it was a split backfield, but but a little. And Jalen Warren got more opportunity and was good. He was good as a pass catcher as well. So someone to watch for the zero RB sickos out there. Yeah, you can almost see that one happening in real time where just if you watch the Steelers games, Jalen Warren just looked better than Najee Harris. And all this all the peripheral stats, he popped more than yeah. Najee I, Harris. I, I will say uh I wasn't aware until recently that Jalen Warren is five foot eight. Uh, oh my gosh. So I, that's fine for a running back. Is it fine? fine? Yeah, Can it's a five foot eight guy withstand a full workload if Najee Harris gets hurt. Remember I don't know. The, the man by the name of Maurice Jones Drew. Denny. Oh well, he's different. Come on, he he is built different. He, he was built different. He was just literally built. Different. <laughs> he's such a bowling ball. Yeah. Uh, I mean, not, um, Jalen Warren has a little bowling ball to him. Okay. Yeah, five eight is actually not like it's you maybe want another inch or two, but mm-hmm. he, that's an acceptable height for a running back. And I mean, the, with Najee Harris again, I, he for some reason played through a list Frank injury last yeah. year. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'm assuming he's not going to do that again this year. So maybe he'll be better and more efficient because looked like a career just going in the wrong direction in 2022 it, it, for Najee. It didn't look good. I I, I will say Jalen Warren will probably be like a, like a premier bench stash for me this 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 uh, draft season. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's a very very good prediction heading into 2023. A very good prediction. Heading into the three o'clock Eastern hour on Monday, March twenty seventh, is that this podcast is over. It's true. Given, that that is given, a great prediction. That's a great. We've given it our all. Yeah, check out Denny's running back article on the site. Really, really good stuff. We've got a lot of stuff on the site. Owners meetings this week. There's always a lot of news coming out of that. Keep it locked to our news feed. I'm gonna have my coach rankings coming out. I believe hopefully a week from today. I'm trying to hold myself to that by oh admitting okay. that publicly. Good luck, man. Thank Good you. luck with that. Um, uh, that, that's, that always draws the most reasonable fan responses. It does, yeah. I'm still uh, – all the Giants fans, though, have been apologizing for being <laughs> mad about Joe Judge. <laughs> Again, you my too too generous. Kind. It was too you kind. too generous. You should have had Judge at 32 every year. He should have been 32. I know. I was too generous. And yet, Come on. Yeah, no one, no one sent me a fax. The fax machine has not been humming, except for my, <laughs> my underdog ADP data. <laughs> Um, yeah, <laughs> thank, thank you, Josh. Thank you, Josh Norris. Shouts to Josh and Hayden. Shouts to Denny Carter for doing the show. Shouts to you for listening and for listening later this week when we will be back. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And it's your last chance to get more fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this limited-time bundle ends June 30th. Save now at cedarpoint.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 